lifers out there. I'm so glad that you tuned in to today's podcast because I know that you are going to love it. And I know I say that every time, but I always mean it. And especially today because I have with me my very good friend, Tracy, and she is just going to share her story of God's goodness, of his grace in her life. And I know that you're going to be blessed. So thanks again for tuning in and let's go. Well, here we are, Tracy. This is it. We are. We're in a podcast together. This is We've it. We talked about this before. <laughs> All the things that we could talk about. Right. And here we are. <laughs> and you here we it. are. And I know that um, God has orchestrated this moment. Like we know it, right? Just even the conversations we've had this yeah. last week, as we've just talked about um, what God's doing in your life and what He's doing in our world. Yeah. And um, your story of salvation. <laughs> it's there's so much um, to your story and. I know Jay and I have like, we just feel like God brought your family to us, you know, and literally, yeah, but we feel it yeah, too. So, um, I, I'm just thankful that you're willing to sit down and just share, uh, your story. And I think we talked about the fact that even though it's your story, it belongs to God, right? That's right. Cause it's his story of grace yeah. through you. And if our life is a gift from God, then even our testimony, even the difficult parts, um, are for his glory for his magnification. And so, you know, sometimes when we tell like our testimonies, it feels sometimes like we're glorifying sin Mm -hmm. or like, um, because that's part of everyone's testimony, you know, things we've gone through, but I think that it's important to share, you know, you don't have to share every single gory detail of your life (laughs) and I'm sure you won't, but, but I think just being real and, um, and being honest and vulnerable is what ministers to people. And because sometimes the enemy lies to us and he says, you know, no one is as bad of a sinner as you are. And if people hear your sin, they'll be shocked, <laughs> you know, which is yeah. a lie. It's such a lie. And uh, we're all sinners saved by grace. And so thank you so much for being willing to share. Um I would love for you just to introduce yourself to our audience, people who maybe have never met you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, my name is Tracy Valines. I am a uh, wife and a mom of an amazing 11-year-old daughter who, yes. um, yeah, just teaches me something new and shows me how great God is every single day. Yeah, um, she's sweet. She's funny. Um, <laughs> she's really funny. Yes, she is. <laughs> she's really into lo-fi right now. Do you know what lo-fi is? Lo-fi um, music. It's like Cooper's saying yes, but jazz, no, I don't know. But it's like offbeat jazz, kind of. I don't know where this school. I don't. I have no idea where she learned about school. this, but she plays it now in her room, and okay. she like. I'm gonna have to look into this. Does her homework or cleans her room? Mm. She's got like lo-fi playing in the background. Did you listen to music when you were growing up? Doing I homework? did. I what did. What did you listen yeah. to? Like when you needed to like oh, study. Boy. Um. <laughs> All I can remember right now is Boys to Men. I'm so embarrassed right now. I'm sure there was other music. Well, that's not, I mean, I, that's fine. I listened to straight up classic. Did you? Classical music. Like, because oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, I heard wow. that it would make you smarter and I needed every Did it make you little, smarter? <laughs> I don't know. The jury's still out. Like, yeah. I just was like, Lord, I'm doing math. Turn on the classic. Like, what? I don't know. I did not hear that. 
So anyways, okay, so, so you have a daughter, an 11 year old daughter who <laughs> listens to lo-fi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my, my full, I think, um, you I'm, said you were married. I am married. You said I've, that, or I can't remember if you said it. I'm married. Okay. We will be, this year will be 19 years. Woohoo. Congratulations. Is, yeah. Shocking. And it feels like it's gone by so fast, but yeah, I have an amazing husband. I feel very blessed. Um, yeah. What else is there to know about me? I don't, what do you like to do? I feel like I have a very exciting life. How, if you could think of like one word to define you, I hate that, but farmer. Oh, wait, but not really <laughs> fake. <laughs> I want to be a farmer. This is why I think I like you so much because I can come over here and vicariously live my dreams. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Follow Tracy. Her handle is fake farm girl. Yeah. That's one of them. So, yeah. That's one of them. I love to garden. Uh-huh. I love to pretend like I'm a, a farmer. Yeah. I love, I have chickens. Well, if I were to pick a word to describe you, I would say creator. Okay. Creative, oh, okay. Yeah. Cause you are very artistic in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Jack of all trades, master of none. Isn't that a thing? I mean, I think what's <laughs> creatively you try lots of things. Yeah, I love to. Yeah, I think I, I enjoy creating. I enjoy finding new ways to express, yeah. you know, myself creatively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm good at any of them, I but think I think it's really fun. I mean, you're an amazing decorator and artist and your house is incredible. Beautiful. The way you pick like, all these cool antique eclectic yeah, things and you yeah. fit it all together i mean thank it's a you gift. <laughs> thank so, you so i admire that a lot about you yes yeah yeah well i know you have a uh, a beautiful story and so just a reminder to our audience like we you know we haven't rehearsed this no we talked in the car on our <laughs> drive yesterday yeah. and um you shared just a lot of things with me that i know are painful for you yeah to share and so um so thank you for being brave enough to to speak that. And I know that God will, I know that God is going to set people free hmm. because of your story. And, um, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. So, yeah. and you're going to find more freedom even for yourself through this. Um, so we haven't rehearsed this. Um, mm-hmm. we're going to jump around. So it's okay if you're like, Oh, I forgot this one part or I want to jump ahead or, <laughs> um, but maybe start, you know, from the beginning from what you remember. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel like I have um, run for a long time from sharing mm-hmm. a lot of you know my story. Um, like you said, I think there's a lot of a lot of shame yeah. that you know and guilt that goes yeah. with our sin. Yeah, um, for sure. That wants to keep us in bondage. So, thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about yeah. this. And, yeah. um, hopefully, I glorify God it through. Will. Yeah, shame the devil. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's see, where do we start? Um, I came from a broken home. Mm. My, my parents divorced, uh, when I was about three years old. And so I, you know, bounced back and forth, um, for, for most of my childhood. Um, you know, my mom was really young and, you know, spent a lot of her time, being a 20 year old single, you know, woman. Mm -hmm. And, um, my dad, same thing. He was, you know, a young single dad. He had me like every other weekend. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think looking back now at, you know, little me growing up and Mm -hmm. I didn't really have, 
you know, a, a structured family life. I didn't learn yeah. um, like right and wrong. I didn't have guidance in that sense. Yeah. You know, we also moved a ton. So there was a lot of instability. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think, I think I just never really felt like I belonged. Yeah. And I think I went to, <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to, this place as I got older of like really seeking and searching for somewhere to belong. Yeah. And that's a really dangerous thing, right? Because, you know, you will find that. Well, it depends on where you go. uh, You find (laughs) it, you could, you know, potentially can find it in a lot of really bad places. And I think that that, you know, that's where I, I ended up. Yeah. Well, you mentioned um, when we were talking yesterday about, you know, that your mom worked evenings yeah. And so, you know, you'd come home from school or whatever, or you'd yeah. just be home. Yeah. And there wasn't really anybody watching over you nope. a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, asking you, you know, making sure you're home at a certain time. Like, Did who are you hanging out with? Yeah. No. Did you have dinner? Like, <laughs> so that feeling of like not be not belonging anywhere. Just yeah. Kind of that feeling mostly kind of just neglect. Yeah. Felt neglected. Yeah. 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 That it, it definitely, you know, I was, I was the little kid. Like I remember I would ride my bicycle around and like knock on people's doors and see if their kids could come out and play. And it would be like eight 30 at night, <laughs> at night, you know, and now looking back, I'm just like, Oh wow. How sad I was that kid. Yeah. That was me, you know? Um, but Sorry. no, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's just, Yeah. Well, it you, is what you, it is. Yeah. You know, when I look at who you are, I mean, I've only known you for like three years. Yeah. And um, you would, I would think that you have walked with the Lord your whole life <laughs> just because of the way that you, I think, have pursued God so much in these last few years that you've just been like hungry to know him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, your, your devotion to the Lord is inspiring. Your, um, the, the way that you consistently seek his word, you know, I mean that it's amazing how, how fast the Lord has developed your relationship with him and your knowledge of him just even these last few years. Mm. It's pretty cool. Thanks. I think, yeah, I think, you know, when I, when I gave my life to, to the Lord in 2020, I think I had this, um, like this moment of realizing the weight of what, I, I am, I was offered Mm. through Christ's death. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, it was just like, when, when you come from this place of realizing how much you, like, I feel like I deserve hell and the redemption Mm -hmm. and the gift that was given, it's kind of hard not to just say, yeah, I surrender everything, you know? Yeah. And, and so for me, like, I, I, I always think, it's funny when I hear people pray for all these things, right? Hmm. And I'll be in prayer circles, you know, and we're praying for people. And I always think like it. I've had opportunities where people said, is there anything I can pray for you? And I'm like, I feel like God needs to do like nothing more for mm. me. I'm so like grateful for what the, you yeah. know what I mean? I'm always yeah. kind of like, if you answer no other prayer, I'm good. God, yeah. like you have done it all. Yeah. So, I mean, of course you have requests. Of course I do. <laughs> Everybody but, does, but I, I know you're yeah. saying just that place of like such gratitude yeah, for yeah. what God has brought you through and what he's forgiven you of. Yeah. And so let's go back to that 
girl. Okay. You know? Yeah. Who was just kind of bouncing back and forth between mom and dad's and experiencing the world growing up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A young, maybe a young middle schooler or heading into high school. Well, I remember, yeah, when, when I was about 10 years old, my mom got married and a lot changed in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, suddenly there was structure and my mom was pregnant. And so she started to have, you know, like there, I, I, I was a part of a family, but mm-hmm. I wasn't part of that family, right? Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't mine. Mm-hmm. And I, I, again, I, I think I struggled a lot growing up with like, where do I belong? Where's yeah. my place? Right. Yeah. And like, I didn't really feel like I was part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, and, and, and pretty quickly, my mom got saved, mm-hmm. and um, suddenly things changed in my life. There were, you know, rules and yeah, and expectations, and you know, I had to go to church, and I wasn't allowed to watch certain things on TV. So, how did your mom get saved? What was the story? My mom, there? a neighbor. Um, we we moved to um, Rialto, California. Okay. <laughs> And, um, which is this very, like at the time, it's probably an hour outside of Los Angeles, okay. but it was like, you know, when you were a, a young family and, you know, it was a really good developing area, okay, like a Monroe or kind of, yeah. And so, um, we moved there and a neighbor, my mom met this woman who was a Christian mm-hmm. and, um, invited her to church and, you know, my mom just was like on fire, you know, my mom grew up Catholic, but it wasn't really like practicing, you know, and I think they bounced around. She would tell stories. My mom has two sisters and she would tell stories of her and her sisters, like going to different churches as they were growing up Mm. and like, you know, like, did they go just holidays like Christmas, Easter, or did your family you know, before she was saved, did you go to church at all? Yeah, or? yeah, like on on you know holidays. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, when they were little, like because they, again, you know, I, I my mom's mom worked and her dad split when she was really young, so okay. she had a very similar upbringing as me. It's kind of yeah. like those generational, you mm-hmm. know, we talked about that, yeah. mm-hmm. and she would talk about her and her sisters would like go on their own. Oh. To churches and like she even said because you know we grew up in california and there were like christian science centers and she's like they would go and like visit as like, like these little kids yeah whoa and just like hang out and you know can you imagine that happening today can you imagine like a little kid just walking in hi like, hey where's your what's mom? this place i don't know <laughs> sleeping yeah <laughs> it'd be like nine one one. yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah wow. so so yeah, I, my mom, uh, got saved and was, you know, on fire for God and, um, and your stepdad as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty quickly after that. And so a lot in my life, you know, changed dramatically, but I didn't really understand what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't, I like, I wasn't into it at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I mean, pretty quickly, after my mom got married and had my sister, I moved out of the house and moved in with my dad, um, who wasn't a believer and, uh, was a very young dad, um, and a very liberal person. Um, and I just kind of got to do whatever I wanted, Mm. you know? And, um, I really quickly went, 
you know, down some really bad paths. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a lot of guidance. My dad wasn't a strong disciplinarian. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be my buddy. Yeah. You know, um, and so, yeah, I got into some really bad things really young. Hmm. And you, you had mentioned that your dad lived with his, his mom. mom. Yeah. And so so we were... lived with my grandma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So not a lot of structure, liberal no. in his parenting and kids aren't able no. to make those kinds of decisions. They're not no. able to make right and wrong choices, you know? Yeah. Like know what's going to be safe for them and what isn't safe for them. Or understand consequence, right? Yeah. Like, you're just kind of like living in yeah. the day. Yeah. I'm not thinking about, well, if I do this, then, yeah. you know, when I become mm -hmm. an adult mm -hmm. and want to get a job or, yeah. you know, whatever, yeah. it's going to follow me. I just, you know, kids don't think about that. You're just. Yeah, they're just, they're supposed to just be making sure they're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner and getting good rest right going to school you know yeah well and you're like the smartest person in the room when you're 13 right <laughs> yeah so so i so what happened next when you were staying with your dad and kind of spiraling yeah i just i started to um again i think you know when i think about um some of my decision making um, or what drove me to, to, you know, do what I did as a teenager. I think a lot of it was, again, I was searching for a place to belong. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was searching for like where I would feel accepted and I just, you know, was yeah. desperate to find my place. And yeah. so, um, I, I quickly found it in a lot of, you know, really bad crowds. Mm -hmm. Um, I dropped out of school in ninth grade. Oh man. Um, and just, it wasn't that I like made the decision to drop out of school. It wasn't like a conscious decision. I just mm -hmm. had better things to do. <laughs> you know, I was too busy out doing things, you know, um, I was like involved in drugs and parties wow. and wow. going wherever. So were you these know, other people, people also not going to school or? Were yeah. Or they were older. A lot of them, you know, I, we just, yeah. So did you feel like you belonged ever with them or? Um, no, no, I think, you know, you, you I, I jumped around a lot mm -hmm. from, you know, different groups of people. And mm -hmm. I think you just keep spiraling down into like worse and worse yeah. people. Um, there were, you know, like at, there was one point where I was hanging out with people who were in gangs, you know, and wow. like, yeah, making, you know, just doing really bad, bad things with really bad people. Um, and at one point <laughs> I, uh, found myself involved with a few friends who had, um, made some really bad decisions and we got arrested. Mm, how old were you? Oh, I was 15. Mm -hmm. A little, a little, yeah. Wow. Could have been older than 15. Um, and yeah, so I got arrested and then put on probation. Um, I think, you know, I was probably <clears throat> treated um, a little more liberally, you know, because I had a family. I had, mm -hmm. you know, what appeared to be a good home. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I got lucky and got put on probation. And the judge was just like, you know, go home and be good. Okay. And I went home and I ran away from so home. So you went to your mom or to your I, dad? Well, I went to, I, my dad 
my dad bailed me out of jail. And then, you know, I think we had like an intervention at okay. some point and they were just like, something's got to like, change. Should we do with yeah. Tracy? <laughs> yeah. And my mom was, um, trying the, I don't, I don't know if you remember, you know, what late nineties, early two thousands, there was that like hard love kind of movement love, where it's yeah. like, yeah, tough love, uh-huh. you know, we're like, you know, she was like going to take away everything, lock me in a room and like make me, you do know, people not do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, at one point they were like, you're going to, you're going to move back in with, with your mom mm-hmm. and you're going to, you know, just like get it together. Yeah. And that was absolutely not going to happen in my head. Mm-hmm. I was like, no way. Mm-hmm. And so I ran away from home and lived on the streets for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I did that. I, like I even had a job. It was wild. Mm. Like I was like this, wow. you know, 15, 16 year old kid, like homeless working. I worked at Chuck E. Cheese. I was going to, oh, <laughs> listen, Chuck E. Cheese has really good pizza. Um, okay. And you got free pizza. I got free here. pizza. I ate for free. And yeah. Wow. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, caught up to me. I think, um, obviously there are a lot of conditions to probation and, mm-hmm. you know, I was breaking all of them. And was anybody checking up on you? Um, well, I had a probation officer, okay. yeah, who came. They mm-hmm. he, they actually came to Chuck E. Cheese to arrest me. Oh, man. Yeah. Because you weren't doing Because I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't, probation. yeah, I wasn't going to school. I wasn't at home. I was, okay. you know, wow. doing what I wanted to do. That is tough love. It was really tough love. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So you're back in... So I went to, I went to jail. I went to mm-hmm. juvenile hall. Wow. Yeah. Is that 15 year old or? Uh, I was probably closer to 16 by that point. Okay. Yeah. Man. Older than 16. Wow. Yeah. And what was that experience like? What was juvenile hall like? Yeah. Being arrested. It was yeah. really scary. Um, juvenile hall was really terrifying for me. I remember like the first night there hearing some of the girls talk between like, there was like this um, courtyard and like all the, I guess you call them cells, mm-hmm, the rooms mm-hmm. were kind of all around and there were these windows and they would talk to each other through the windows. And I would hear, you know, some of the conversations and just like the threats. And I was like, oh, I don't belong here. Hmm. This isn't me. Yeah. You know, and then you hear what some of them did <laughs> did to get into jail. And I'm like, I definitely, this is, this is not where I want to mm-hmm. be. So it was really scary. Mm-hmm. It was, it was definitely, um, a moment of realization that mm-hmm. I needed to make some different decisions and, mm-hmm. and turn my life around. Yeah. You know, but it's hard because I'd already made such bad decisions mm-hmm. and like my life was already going. I, yeah. I had this trajectory that, yeah. you know, when you're 16, you just don't see the future. You don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You live in the moment. You know, you don't know that you've all got your you whole life is, ahead of you. I yeah. just felt like, oh, it's all over. I, ru- you know, mm-hmm. I ruined my life. I've mm-hmm. done all these things. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're in juvie. You're 16 years old. Yeah. And you're feeling like, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. But you're not seeing a way out. I'm not. Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm I know I need to make some changes. Um, you know, I'm I'm I know I'm in jail and I'm going to be in jail for a while. Mm-hmm. And so um when you, you know, juvenile hall, typically, at least back in the day when I was experiencing it, I don't know if it's changed. I can't imagine much has, but it's kind of like, um, 
a transition place, you don't serve your your time okay. in juvenile hall. Most okay. people don't, unless it's super short term. Yeah. And so I um, I was um, sentenced to uh, serve time in a a youth camp, a youth mm-hmm. facility in the mountains of uh, California. It was like in Barstow, California. Okay. And it's a camp called Challenger Memorial Youth Camp. And um, so you, you go to juvenile hall um, for your court appearances or whatever else, and then they, they send you up and, you know, you, you serve your time up there. Um, part of the intake process, though, obviously, when, you know, you go to jail, they, they do all kinds of, like, you know, they check you out. Mm-hmm. They, there's medical tests. They take blood work to make sure that, you know, I don't know what they're looking for yeah. exactly, but, you know, so do all that. And I spent, like, a night or two there and then um, went to camp mm-hmm. and when um when I got to camp I was like assigned a, a counselor you mm-hmm. have like a their probation officers or counselors okay. or whatever and um the first time I met her she you know called me and I was probably there for a couple days not very long and um we talked a little bit about like the decisions that I had made and what led me up to that point and she asked me if I knew it, that I was pregnant and I didn't, you know, I had no idea. It was a shock. Whoa. Um, so, yeah, I'm sitting in jail mm-hmm. as a 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I find out I'm pregnant. Whoa. <laughs> you know, so as, as if, like, I hadn't already experienced, you know, been in this place of, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Where mm-hmm. do I, you know, where do I go? How yeah. am I going to turn my life around? And now yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a pregnant 16-year-old. Wow. You know, and, and pregnant by not a good person, right? Like that's the other, you know, so, so yeah. So they gave you, they talked, like, what did they say to you about that? I mean, yeah, she, you know, she, she was so, you know, uh, so supportive. Like, I remember her just being like, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You have options, you know, and Mm -hmm. she gave me you know, options. And she said, you know, you, you, it, it was really like, you don't have to keep this baby. You're, you know, mm. you have options mm. and you can turn your life around. You know, mm. this isn't a, a, a life sentence. And, you know, she just kind of like really, it's, it's somebody's life sentence. <laughs> right. And so, you know, yeah. she, she said, you know, you, you can also <laughs> do these other things, but it was always very much like the best case scenario would be abortion. You know, this would be what was best for you. And as a 16 year old, and like, I'm not going to talk to my mom, right? Because we're estranged. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, she's like, in in my mind, run away from her. Yeah, she's crazy. (laughs) Right, you know, and like, I didn't, I, I didn't have anybody to turn to. I didn't have, you know, um, any moral compass at that point in my life, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, that really seemed like the best decision, Hmm. you know, and a really easy way out, you know, like I'm ashamed to say that, but at the time as a 16 year old, it's just like, yeah, you know, nobody needs to know I can do this and go on with my life. Mm -hmm. Well, I think at that age, you really, I mean, you probably hadn't even really thought about even one day being a mom. No. You know, like you're not thinking about it. But um, I remember even in my situation, you know, being 18 and knowing who 
you know, I was pregnant with and actually loving that person, um, I still didn't think that I could keep the baby. Yeah. And I remember when my dad said to me that the child is my responsibility, it was like something changed in my heart. Yeah. Like just somebody saying to me, you can do this. Yeah. Like somebody that I respected. So if there had been a voice saying, you know, you can do this, like you yeah. can be a mom yeah. or you can give this life to somebody another family. Somebody really will love it. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you might not be ready, but there's families that are ready. Yeah. You know, I think that your story would have been different. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened? So, you, so she said, these are your options. And you're like, I choose abortion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I made that decision and she took care of, you know, everything for me on the back. end. like, I, you know, I'm 16 mm-hmm. in jail. I don't know what yeah. it's going on. Yeah, but these are you adults know. helping children. Right. Right. Like I'm just going along, Making you know? Decisions. Yeah. And yeah. so, and Terrible. there was no, like, like there was never any like pre, I don't want to say counseling, but yeah. there wasn't any like, you know, it was just like, you know, one meeting, let's make this decision. Okay. We're going to take yeah. care of it. And then it's almost like, do I have a lawyer? Like anyone advocating for me? Yeah. Um, wow. So yeah, I, I, um, you know, like I said, I was, I was up at this camp, so I, you know, get transferred Mm -hmm. back down to juvenile hall and, um, this guy shows up, he's one of the probation officer cops and, uh, he takes me to an appointment in like deep in LA. Um, and yeah. What was that like? It was awful. It was really terrifying. You know, again, I'm, I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm questioning, like, you know, am I really about to do this? Like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't right. understand the weight of what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it was really surreal. And then to be with some guy who mm-hmm. I don't know this, you know, Creepy. in the back of a squad car shackled walking into an appointment. Really? Yeah. Um, wow. and that's just messed up. Um, yeah, I went, I went into the appointment and the doctor, you know, walks in the room and he asked me if I knew if I was 12 weeks pregnant and he, it, it sounded serious. And I don't, at the time I didn't understand why, like, I didn't understand why he was asking me that question. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I'm like, okay, I no, I didn't like literally yeah. didn't know I was pregnant. Um, nor did I know how far along I was. Nor do I even know what that means. Right. Right. Like, I, I think, you know, that's another part of it is like, you don't, I didn't, I didn't grasp the way, like what was happening in my yeah. body, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I just had no clue. I was so naive when it come, came to everything, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so, you know, I was like, no, I, I no, I didn't know that. And he just, I, I, I remember it being a big deal to him, like you know, and I, I didn't understand why now I know why, cause 12 weeks is pretty far along. Mm. Um, and I think that meant it had to be a different type of procedure. Okay. Um, and then that was it. I, he knocked me out and I woke up sick and, you know, um, scared and really, really drugged, hmm. you know, and then security guard guy or whatever probation officer, you know, drove me back in shackles back to juvenile hall. But I remember him stopping in LA. 
he like parked and I was really out of it. But I was like, I remember he went into like a convenience store to get cigarettes. And I just sat back wow. there like feeling just like. Like nobody. Well, sees just, you. yeah, just, and I felt so, yeah, you know, and ashamed and mm-hmm. yeah. So, mm-hmm. and then that was, you know, I went back to juvenile hall for a couple of days to recover and then back up to camp. Okay. So you still went back to the camp. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, I know you served said the rest of my my time. Mm, that you were, I mean, in a lot of like physical pain afterwards. Yeah, for a couple of days. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty painful. Um. So and, how did your mom come into that picture? Because I remember you said that you mm, ended up telling her. Yeah, I had to tell her. So fast forward. Um. I, I, you know, when I got out of jail, I went and lived with my mom. I'm probably, I don't even know how old I am. I don't even think I'm 18 yet. And um, so I'm living with my mom and I started to just get really. So was this like a year after your abortion? Not even a year. Okay. Not even a year. A Maybe like, yeah, it was, well, I'm, I'm. Like how long were you in probation or on in juvie or in uh, prison? Yeah. <laughs> In How youth, are you in, in the slammer? <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the island that everybody yeah, goes to? Yeah, um, I. It it was about like, I think all my whole total time was like eight months, closer to nine. Okay. I got out. It was supposed so, to serve like a year and six so, months, I mean, but I got out on like good behavior. Nearly a year yeah. after your. It wasn't a year. I think it was like exactly nine, nine months. months. Well, it was a little. Whatever would have been, I, I'm thinking whatever would have been like that nine month birth. Time. Mm-hmm, I started hemorrhaging. Interesting. Like my body just like would not stop, and I was hemorrhaging and hemorrhaging and hemorrhaging wow. to the point where, like, I had to involve my mom and say like something's yeah. not right. And yeah. so, you know, after you know not being able to control it, and like obviously something serious was happening. Um, I got rushed to the emergency room and mm-hmm. in the emergency room, you know, the doctor's mm-hmm. like, what you know, we, we need to understand what's going on with you and ask me a bunch of questions. And like, I remember it was very slow motion. Cause I knew, like, I knew I was going to have to say I had an abortion and mm-hmm. I think that something went wrong. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he asked me if I had had an abortion and I said, yes. And my mom was in the room. And so that was, yeah, that was how she found out. It's terrible. Yeah. I think I heard her heartbreak. Mm. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. Man. Yeah. They make abortion sound like an easy option. No. You know. Yeah. But. No. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't actually fix anything. No. It makes it worse. It's just you have a different set of problems where. Yeah. Before it's like, oh, I have to carry a baby to term or. You know, my life has to get on hold for a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, little other things that you, I mean, children obviously create disturbances, <laughs> if you will, in our life, right? Yeah. But they're all natural. Yeah. They're all like natural parts of life. Yeah. Um, but they, but the whole idea that, you know, abortion is like, well, you don't have time to worry about a kid right now or you're you not have ready. All these things you need to do with your life. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, just get rid of it. But yeah. then it's like, you still carry the weight of that to de- to this day. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. isn't that crazy? Like yeah. how many, how many years ago was that? Well, I'm like four. Yeah. Like nearly 30 years ago. Yeah. 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 It, it, like I don't, 
I don't think I can say that I'll ever like be okay. Um, you know, I spent, I think I spent a big portion of my life lying to myself and saying, this, this is, this is fine. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's no big deal. That wasn't a baby, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, convincing myself that I believed in, you know, in choice and, um, but, you know, I think that I, I've, I've never, like, I never told anybody, even though I, I was like, uh, like I was a pro choice activist. I would protest. I would, (laughs) You know, yeah. I mean, I was and like, understandably, I believe because yeah. you're like, how, how could I advocate for life? Because that when would I mean did that this. I'd have to recognize yeah. that, that I, you know, ended I, a life. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think when you say, I don't think I'll ever be okay. I mean, I think what, I, what you're saying is I'll never, gr- I'll never stop grieving yeah. the loss of that life. Yeah. But, um, you can be okay. Yeah. You can understand and believe that when you've confessed your sins to the Lord, that he's faithful and just to cleanse you and purify you from all unrighteousness, even yeah. abortion. Yeah. There's not, that's, abortion's not the sin that God's like, well, you know, I can forgive any other sin, but if it comes to life, you know, I mean, it's just not true. God forgives you. I know that. And I do know that. I think the hardest part is forgiving yourself. Yeah. You know, your 16 yeah. year old self. Yeah. That's not who you are yeah. today. You know, that's yeah. who you were a long, long time ago when you were young. And, you know, who you are today is who you are. And when God looks at you, he doesn't see your mistakes. Is that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> it really is. He just sees a child that he loves so much. Yeah. And died for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely the... Abundance of grace is not mm-hmm. something that I take lightly, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that I know that when yeah. I say I'll never be OK, like I'll never be OK with, you know, like there's yeah. always it's not something that like you can just say, OK, like that's done and over with and I don't have to think about it anymore. You know, like I will always think about this. Yeah. I, I spent, I think, you know, I shared with you. I spent a lot of my life thinking I couldn't get pregnant mm. because of, you know, what or that you, you know, wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be, be able to right? Mm. And, you know, so when I did, you know, I finally, I, I, you know, I'm married to Richard. Um, you know, we, we have this like life together and I had convinced myself for so long that I didn't want to have kids mm-hmm. for all of these reasons. But deep, deep down, it was because I was so afraid. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was afraid, you know, that I, that I couldn't, I was afraid that I didn't deserve, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. a child. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, yeah. there was just, it's a lot. And, you know, there's still that, that moment, you know, or that craving inside of you as a mm-hmm. woman, it's like, I, yeah. I want to have, a baby. I, mm-hmm. I want a child. And so, you know, when I finally did, you know, when Rich and I decided that, you know, we, we did want children, we wanted, um, you know, to have, to have a baby, um, 
it was, it was really, really scary for me because Mm -hmm. all of that comes like washing back. It doesn't Mm -hmm. go away. It's not like something that you forget. It just is always there right below the surface, Mm -hmm. you know, just waiting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, so we made the decision, you know, we, we got pregnant very quickly Mm -hmm. and then I miscarried. Mm -hmm. And that for me was like another moment of like, I, I, I don't deserve to have kids. I'm being punished. Like yeah. all of the things. The come, enemy comes in. Yeah. Spouts all the lies. All the lies. And, you know, at the time I wasn't a believer. Mm-hmm. And so it was really, really easy for me to believe yeah. all of the lies. And that just, you deserve to be punished. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm never going to have children. And it's because I'm this horrible person who mm-hmm. did this, you mm-hmm. know, but I would never admit that to anybody. It's funny how like at a time when you're not even believing in God, yeah. but you can still feel the shame of disobedience. Yeah, I just knew. Like, hmm, yeah. It's ironic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, the devil like has you trapped and then he traps you by your own, you know, false, yeah. his own falsehoods. Yeah. It's yeah. a pretty nasty system he's got. Yeah. What a yeah, liar. I was tangled in it. Bad. <laughs> the devil's a liar. <laughs> we hate him. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we have this podcast. There you go. Because we're tired of his lies. Yeah. And the way he lies to women yeah. and men yeah, and people all the time, every day. But when we speak the truth, when we declare what God has done for us, when we speak our testimony, it brings freedom, not only to ourselves, but to other people, to other people. Yeah. And so that's why we share these stories. Yes, it is why. Yeah. So you skipped a lot in there. I skipped a lot. (laughs) You went from a year after your abortion, going back to the hospital and telling your mom to getting married. So what happened (laughs) A lot, you know, I mean, I, I think I, I, gosh, I, you know, I tried to like live my life and, you know, move on and Mm -hmm. move forward and, um, (laughs) uh, let's see, I got married very young in my early twenties. Um, I think, you know, for me, Knowing, you know, like the decisions I made and I'm faced Mm -hmm. with like this future and what am I going to do? And Mm -hmm. marriage seemed like a really easy, you know, this is, this is what as a woman you do, you just get married and, you know, you'd seen it, you know, in your mom's second marriage and working. Yeah. Providing stability. my mom's third marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I come from a long history of. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, I was working in her third marriage. That's right. They're still together. Yes. yes. So that's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Third's the charm. <laughs> I mean, not really, but in this case, yeah, we'll and for say her yes. it was for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, she married to a wonderful man. Good. Um, yeah, so I got married really, really young um, for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like the thing to do. I was, you know, my my parents were excited. I was getting married. Yeah. This was just kind of like you know, what, step what I'm supposed to do next. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. felt like, okay, now I'm like on the right mm-hmm. path. I'm doing, you know, doing life the way I'm supposed to be doing it. Okay. Um, but like, you know, he was not a good person. Mm. Um, not a faithful husband. Mm. Um, and yeah. Um, I think there was some like, um, you know, it's it's really funny when I hear, hear the term gaslighting. I'm going to age myself a okay. lot right now. I'm really old, but <laughs> I 
I am. I'm really old. Um, Great. I, gaslighting wasn't a thing when I was like 20. Had you ever heard that term? So gaslighting is like just putting on a show, right? No, gaslighting is when somebody like, like. I also didn't know the other. Right. Like gaslighting <laughs> is like a, a new term. Um, okay. What is gaslighting? How would you define gaslighting? How do you define gaslighting? It's like when somebody like convinces you. Yeah. yeah. Like like manipulates you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and like, like kind of there's like puts on a show, like pretends to be one thing. But, but there's something, something else. else. But you're crazy if you think they're something okay. else. Like okay. it's you. Oh, it's I not see. them. It's you. So it's you're the added part crazy. Of, you're the crazy yeah, one. Yeah, you're the crazy one for suspecting that I'm it. Cheating yes, on you exactly. And so there was a lot of like emotional you're like, am I crazy? And mental I manipulation. Crazy. I felt crazy, yeah, Sandy. Totally. I was like, you know, um, and so yeah, I remember I had um I had met this this woman, this girl named Bernie, who was a Christian. Okay who, you know, was kind of bringing me, you know, was, was ministering yeah, to me and yeah. I started to go to church and, you know, I, I really started to like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a Christian now, yeah. but I didn't really, I didn't really know what that meant. Like, I think I was going through the motion. I like to say I was like a counterfeit Christian. Like well, I was, you were hurting cause you're trying to figure yeah. out how to save your marriage essentially. Well, and save myself and do all kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. And, um, so I remember like I started to go to this Bible study with her and, um, you know, a Bible study, everybody's like, you know, what do you want to pray for? And I, I'm pretty sure for probably like, you know, three months, every time I was like, Oh, can you pray for my marriage? I think my mm-hmm. husband and, you know, they were probably so over it <laughs> and probably <laughs> they're probably, and, uh, I remember, um, the the woman we were doing the Bible study with prayed the Gideon prayer and she, you know, prayed the, like, we're going to, you know, we're just going to lay this out mm-hmm. and ask God to make it really, really mm-hmm. clear what you need to do next. Okay. And um, within a week, I found out that my husband was cheating on me. Mm. Not what you hoped right. to find out. Yeah. Yeah. And so for for me, I think that was a really like critical moment in my, um, in my faith mm-hmm. where I could, you know, lean in mm-hmm. to God. Yeah. Um, but instead I chose to walk away. Mm-hmm. I felt really angry and really betrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really hurt. And I think, I think deep down too, there was probably some of this, like, I don't, I don't deserve you know, um, a little yeah. bit of like yeah. that, you know, sense of like, I don't know where I belong mm. or who I belong to. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah. And I'm so sorry. I, yeah, I, I got really angry mm. and walked away and, you know, I think it was really hard because my mom and her husband being, you know, um, Christians, I think divorce was just not, you know, they didn't believe in it. And especially her husband, he was really, really, um, hard, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think I went to them looking for comfort and, um, I got a lot of, um, condemnation, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, it was just, all of it just felt really bad. And so I bailed out Mm -hmm. and, um, 
I, you know, I, I got a divorce. I moved, you know, in on my own. And I just kind of like, I, I feel like for a, a period of time, I just like walked away from everybody that I knew and everything that I knew. And I was just like, wow. like, like I'm, I'm going to do this on my own. I don't want anything from anybody. Mm. Um, you know, and for me, that was, you know, kind of like this moment in my life where I felt like I took the reins finally. and was like, I'm, mm. nobody's going to do this for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I have to, I have to do it on my own. I'm mm. on my own. And so, mm. yeah, I, I kind of, um, I, I got really depressed um, and things got really dark for a little bit for me. Mm. And then I met Richard. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was interesting. He found you at your low point. He found me at my low point. Um, yeah, it was. it's funny because Rich was in, uh, such an, a fascinating person to me. <laughs> and, you know, I think for the first time I met, experienced somebody who genuinely like saw me Hmm. and wanted to know me and I had never experienced that before you know like yeah like I felt truly like he wanted to know me as a person and was interested in me and I like everything that I had craved my Mm -hmm. whole life like suddenly was just like you know came alive in him you know yeah so and what was where was he at with his his faith or well Richard was a complete non-believer like Rich Rich was an atheist he was like you know a proclaimed proud like and how did you feel about that like where were you Well, in the beginning I think you know Rich is a very gosh how do help me how do we describe Richard he's 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 a very red very like he's lived a thinker a lot of life he's had like all these amazing Mm. I mean he's traveled the world he lived in all of these places Mm. and he was like the smartest person I had ever met yeah and you know he loves to talk and Mm -hmm. he loves to debate and he loves to talk about things and so like we would get into these conversations and he would super engage he's a verbal processor he's definitely a verbal (laughs) processor but he would engage in these conversations and I was like so naive and I had no Mm -hmm. idea what I was talking about like Mm -hmm. nobody had ever taught me and you were hungry I think you you yeah said that a lot yesterday just you were like always searching yeah yeah well something yeah so I was I was really young nobody really like taught me theology nobody taught me like the foundation like you know Mm -hmm. I I would go to church and I would hear a sermon on Sunday and that would be it nobody said like hey read your Bible. Mm, (laughs) Like nobody like taught me that, you know, I just never, I I didn't, I didn't have that. And so I didn't have like a foundation. I, I was really young and really naive. And then here's this guy who has all of this like worldly knowledge and like, he's an atheist and he's like, well, have you ever thought about this? Mm. And I was like, what? No, (laughs) no. And he's like, have you ever read this? And he just introduced me to, like so much, you know? And so I, yeah, I got so hungry and I just started to like consume everything, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and like I was, you know, everywhere I, I dabbled in Buddhism. I thought I was going to be a Buddhist for a minute and I really liked that. And, you know, then I studied, I, I took some, you know, different like courses and, you know, um, like, like, different types of theologies and I just was searching, you know, I was really like 
like searching for you know there's a lot to weed through there was a lot there was so much a lot of mumbo jumbo so much um but i loved it i like ate it all up you know yeah um and so yeah i spent probably the next 20 years searching you know trying everything i mean i went through so many different phases of like trying to find what was real and what Mm. like everything you know what what everything was about um I got into reading tarot cards. I mm-hmm. loved having like, you know, my, tar- like, you know, I totally believed in it. Um, mm-hmm. Astronomy, wow. you name it. Like I played in all of it because I was, you know, I was just searching. I was hungry for, yeah. you know, something to make sense. Yeah. Looking for vision or wisdom. Yeah. From something. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I felt like I had this, like, void. Something was missing, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I was just, like, on the hunt. During that time, those 20 years, yeah. somehow you <laughs> made it around the country and ended up mm-hmm. down, just down the street yeah. from our house. Yeah. For all those years, and we didn't even know you each other. You had no idea. Until one fateful day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> I don't know if you guys were around in 2020, but <laughs> what happened it was then? Pretty deep. I really remember. It was it's a really like a, intense a year. Year, just a blur. Yeah, it was really. Um, yeah, I think I like. I don't know how else to say it, Sandy. Like, I woke up one day, literally, and I was like, "Uh, something's not right." And it was more than just what was happening in the world. Okay. It was more than like, oh, there's this pandemic and I could die or, mm-hmm. you know, the George Floyd, like all of the things that were happening in the world, there right? There was a lot happening. There was a lot <laughs> happening and I was watching it, all of it. And I, it felt surreal. Like I felt like at one point I was like above everything, looking down, going, like, I know what this is. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I, like something's not right. Hmm. And... Like, I think I know why, you know, yeah. and yeah, I, you know, like we said, for 20 years, I was like searching, 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 but I mm. knew what I, I knew what I didn't want. And I knew it was Jesus. Like I fought and rejected Jesus and Christianity for 20 years. Wow. I was like, I want nothing to do with that. Wow. I think, you know, I, I mean, I could rehearse and like tell you all the, you know, like, like things and reasons why Christianity was wrong and, you know, um, but I had this moment of like, I don't even know why I hate this so much. Like, wow. I don't know why, <laughs> you know, like the world has told me I'm supposed to hate it. You know, mm-hmm. the world and my liberal left wing ideology tells me like, I'm supposed to not like this and I'm supposed to be against this. But I couldn't like tell you really what it was that I mm-hmm. didn't like, you know, or yeah, why. Yeah. And um I I had this like one day woke up and I was like, I think I need to read the Bible. And because I just wanted to know who Jesus was. Hmm. And like, I didn't really like I couldn't really tell you anything. Hmm. Um, And so, yeah, you know, I I bought a, a, a Bible from Amazon. It was a King James oh, Bible because wow. I didn't know any better. I yeah. didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there's nothing wrong with King James. No, but. no, but it probably isn't a good starting right. out, like first time. Right. But I, yeah, I bought a Bible and um, 
it came and Rich was like, what are what you is doing? This? I was like, I don't know. I just didn't like want to read it, you know? And so I, I like, I didn't know. I didn't know anybody in my life who could like help me or give me guidance. Right. There was like nobody I could like call up and say, okay, I got this Bible. Got Where Bible. do I start? Yeah. You know? And so I just said, okay, well, I'm going to read like the New Testament because I mm-hmm. think that's where Jesus is. <laughs> and but now, you know, so, yeah, the whole thing, whole thing everywhere. is about. Yeah. yeah. But so I, I started reading from Matthew, mm-hmm. which is an excellent. And I read the start. entire Bible. Just I just read the well, the entire New Testament. Yeah. Um, and then you got to Revelation and you're like, oh, no. I'm not going to read that. I was like, I'm oh. not going to read Revelation. I'm a okay. little scared. Of, I was intimidated. Wow. Um, so I just, I, I skipped over that. Okay. And, but what I'll tell you is I think, um, and I, and I think I read the New Testament like a month, maybe a month and a mm-hmm. half. I just like consumed it. I would get up every morning at like five wow. and I would just read, um, until Rich woke up mm-hmm. and then I started to like, while I was seeking out, I started to watch some, you know, some sermons at different churches. I didn't mm-hmm. know much, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know where, or who I, I knew nothing. So I would just, you know, um, but I remember like on my living room floor, I was like, okay, I'm going to give you my life. Wow. So yeah, I did. That's and amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, but then I remembered after like being really excited, like, okay, Jesus, like, I love you and I'm going to give you my life. Like, this is it. Well, and then I realized like, oh, I live in a house with this guy who doesn't (laughs) believe in God. (laughs) What do I do? And I, I would pray and pray and we'd go on walks. And I remember just being out there praying like, okay, God, like, don't just don't let us get divorced Mm -hmm. over this. Like, Mm -hmm. I know like, I know that you have my life. It's, you know, but I don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. And I don't want this to be what ends my marriage, but I I don't, he's, I don't even know how to tell him that like, I I think I'm going to give my life to Christ. And, you know, so you didn't tell him like when you had, Uh, well, I just, I he knew I was reading the Bible, but you know, Sandy, remember for 20 years, I was like, Oh, I'm going to read tarot cards. So he probably just thought, great. This is her new kid. I'm going to be a Buddha. He really did. Yeah. And, um, Hmm. So, and I would pray and pray and pray. And I knew I needed to find a church because I knew that I needed to be in community because mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody who was a Christian yeah. who could help me. And I knew I needed like smart people, you yeah. know, <laughs> to yeah. like tell me when I was, you know, mm-hmm. dumb. And so, <laughs> so, you know, I was like, I was praying for a church, you know, and, um, you know, remember like, like this is peak pandemic, like mm-hmm. churches are closed. Right. Right. And I'm like, okay, God, wow. What an interesting time yeah, for, me for to find you. you to be like, okay, you go find a church, but now, they're all bro. closed. Wow. And, um, you know, I checked out a couple of like online churches and I was listening to different podcasts and, you know, remember like I knew nothing. I'm, I'm baby, baby, baby. I'm like, I don't even really know denominations. Right. And like, I started checking out like some Lutheran churches cause there was this cool podcast and I think they were Lutherans and, but every Lutheran church had like pride flags. And I was like, what, what, what's going on? What, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And God like help me help mm-hmm. me find mm-hmm. the right church because i don't think i'm finding it yeah 
And um, yeah, we were, I had prayed that for a few months and um, we were in line at the Keenan Christmas light. Keeners, yes. Keeners, Keeners, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so we had gone every year since Ravi was born, we had okay. gone and seen these Christmas lights. It was mm-hmm. part of you know our family tradition. And it's apparently a lot of families traditions. It is really amazing what they do. It is. It's beautiful. Christmas it's my lights. favorite thing. Yeah. Like if, if the, the years that they closed down, I was like broken hearted. I felt well, like. And from our end of it, um, <laughs> you know, cause we, our church is right next door to the Keeners. And so, you know, we have our Christmas Eve services yeah. that are like, you know, some of our more attended services, they're just, you know, everybody goes to church on Christmas and Easter. So. And so they had a backup and I remember like Christmas Eve, we did it the 23rd and the 24th so we could spread out and it was um, crazy. People weren't, couldn't get to the like, people no. would call us be like, we're on the freeway. We can't get into yeah. the church because like, the, the line is all the way around. out. Yeah. It was and, the craziest thing. It was never like 20, like 2019. Fine. No, no traffic. Fine. Like it'd be a little backed nothing, up, but you nothing. know, maybe 20 or 30 minutes, but not like no. how long did you guys sit in that? Oh, pro- we were, I mean, I, at least an hour yeah. from, from like our house, you know, yes. from the corner to yes. the, to actually get to where you could see the lights. <laughs> um, you know, and again, like I, I'm, I'm in this place, I'm praying all the yeah. time. I'm like, God, I, I, you know, I just, I want to find a church and I'm in line and I'm drinking hot cocoa and I look over and we're stopped literally right in front of the church. And I look over and the marquee sign is Reader flashing. Board. We're open on Christmas Eve. And I was like, which to be say to be like clear, we were open since June. Right. I just yeah. We were but, but yeah, you, in person yeah. services and yeah. you saw it for the and first I time. And I saw it for the first time. You're like, and it was like a week mm. before Christmas and yeah. I was like, okay. And I look at I turn around and I look at my husband and I said, I'm going to go to church here on Christmas Eve. And like saying it out loud, it was like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like I think Wait, I had what was to it like, like? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like I had to like, you know, say it really fast and really like like confidently, mm. you know, in my head. I was before like, you got like scared. Yeah. Because you were scared, but you I was real scared because I was like, oh, is he gonna say it? And I want a divorce. <laughs> and he kind of laughed. You know, he was like, Phew. like I think he did that, Phew. you know, and that but that was it, right? Like that yeah. was it. Yeah. And um and then we went through, you know, Christmas lights and fine and like I think I mentioned it one more time and I just said like, listen, I, you don't, I don't expect you to go, mm-hmm. you know, I'd love to take Ravi. Mm. But then, you know, again, like this tension of like, yeah. you know, five years two, one year ago, whatever, six months ago, we would have both been like, nobody's stepping foot in a church with my child and mm. brainwashing, brainwashing her, you know? And like, you know, so to be like, I, I really want to yeah, do this and I want a big shift. I want, I want to take Ravi and, you know, I'm like, but it, I under, like it, for me, it was just like, I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, um, and I told Ravi, like, it's your decision, right? Like, I want you to make this decision on your own. Mm-hmm. I'm never, I, I never wanted to like force her. Cause I kind of think I felt forced right. and it wasn't genuine or sincere. Yeah. And, it, yeah. um, and so Christmas Eve, I got ready and I remember coming out and Rich was like dressed and ready to go. And I, I was so dumb. I was like, well, where are you going? <laughs> you know? And he was like, well, I thought we were going to church. And so we went to church on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I love it. Every yeah. time. Yeah. 
And um, I mean, that in and of itself, again, like that was like a miracle, a miracle from God. Yes. Like, I can't you even to express to you how much like, like that was a miracle from God that he, you know, his heart was softened enough yeah. to be like, okay, let's go, yeah. you know? And um, yeah, coming out of church when we walked out that night, like, and I, by the way, like Christmas Eve service is my favorite. And I don't mm. know if I'm just biased because of like my story, no, but like, one of mine too. it's like the most amazing but service, candlelight, the candles, all of it, night, just all of so it, much yes, to it. all of it. And I just, you know, it was like just the weight of everything, you know, mm. and um we got in the car and I was like, I think I'm going to come back on Sunday. Cause I think I want to say like Christmas Eve was maybe on a Friday that night, yeah, that, that, that year. year. I and I said, right. I think I'm going to come back on the Sunday and rich kind of, again, did the laugh, uh-huh. you know? And I was like, again, you don't, yeah, I, yeah. I get it. This isn't your journey. It's mine. Mm-hmm. Like I understand. And Sunday came around and he was dressed and ready to go again. And so here we are three years later. <laughs> yeah. Still, I mean, you guys are probably going. some of our most like consistent church attenders. And if, if Richard and Tracy aren't at church, we're like, what's going on? Yeah. The only time we've ever missed was when we like had COVID. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Remember. Cause didn't we, our husbands had we it. All had same, COVID we all together. had it at the same time, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until 21. Yeah. November, November 21. of 21. Yep. Like Veterans, right before, Veterans Day weekend. Yeah. Right. For us. You I got, got it on Halloween. Halloween. And then I got it right after. And Jay got it the Sunday. That mm-hmm. yeah. And then Rich yeah. didn't get it for like two weeks. And I think okay. again by the grace of God, because like otherwise, you know, Robbie probably wouldn't have been able to eat. Like nobody would have been there to feed her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it wiped him out. But yes. yeah, yeah. But the good news is we all lived. We all lived through yeah. COVID. Yeah, it's fine. It. Yeah. So praise God. God is good. Wow, that's so beautiful. I love. <laughs> I just love the, the simplicity of that. Yeah. I mean, your story is not simple. Mm-mm. Like, you know, that your upbringing, it's tragic. It's like heartbreaking. And then it's sadly very common, you know? Yeah. And so it's no wonder when you look at the world and you see people just yeah. so angry. Yeah. So violent. So like committed to their cause. Yeah. And you just think like, what happened to you? That's, I, that, it's funny that you say that because I always think about that, especially yeah. when, um, you know, we've attended a couple of, uh, you know, like different, you know, marches for mm-hmm. life. Yeah, and life chains and yeah. Yeah, when we were in Bothell, I remember, you oh, know, yeah. seeing a few people just like really angry, mm-hmm. you know? Oh yeah, like you'll just be holding up a sign like life is precious mm-hmm. and they'll be like, F you mm-hmm. or flip you off. And you're mm-hmm. like, how is this statement that life is precious so offensive? Yeah. Well, but if you think of yourself- it's offensive because it's is it brings up all this hurt, yeah. all this trauma, yeah. all this pain of like My maybe an unwanted and, yeah. abortion, even yeah, yeah, or like choices you make when you you didn't know, yeah, and then you know, and you're like, but I think you know, even we say you know you were 16, and there's so much that you didn't know, right? But mm-hmm. also we you have to admit that there's a part of you that was like. Mm-hmm that little voice may have been really quiet, but was saying, don't do it. Don't do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. That we ignore. Yeah. And so I think it's important, even um, though it's fair to say I was young, nobody was there with me, like to say also, you know, there were options. Truly there were, there absolutely. was a way out. Like the Bible says the, yeah. the Lord always makes a way out for us. Mm-hmm. There's always a way out. Yeah. We're never truly trapped in, into a corner of sin. Right. 
So we recognize that. Yeah. And I think that's really healthy to just say, you know, obviously if I could do it again, I would do it different. Yeah. You know, but to just be willing to like repent for just even our own pride. Yeah. You know, our own unwillingness to see the way out. Yeah. That we were just, you know, and sometimes it's as simple as like, I didn't want stretch marks. Yeah. You know, (laughs) yeah. Or, you know, I wanted to finish my last semester of school Yeah. or I don't know, just so many dumb excuses that we make Mm -hmm. to take the easy way out. Yeah. Um, or what perceives to be the easy way. Because it's not the easy way out. No. You know, that's definitely a, a lie as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think about, you know, um, I think about, like, for me, how hard it is to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And how many people probably have it that feel the same way. Yeah. You know? Right. But you don't. Never told anyone or, like you know, two people know or I, yeah, no, I, up until like this past year, no, nobody, my husband didn't even know until, you know, like two years ago, Mm. you know, I didn't even tell him. Wow. Um, you know, what has changed in your heart since, I mean, you told me very recently also. Yeah. Which I'm I'm grateful. Yeah. You did. Cause I know that it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to like expose our weakest moments. Yeah. You know, what's changed? (laughs) Um, Gosh, nothing's, I think, okay, so God says, like, this is the church you're going to go to. I'm going to put it in flashing lights. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it really clear Mm -hmm. that this is, like, where I want you to be, right? And so I'm like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. And, like, I'm going to church, and I don't know, by, like, time four or five you guys are out there like oh hey by the way we're like this really hardcore pro-life church and you know here's, probably was presentation sunday or that because yeah, we take the month maybe, of january yeah, to talk yeah, about life the whole yeah, month the whole month so and the whole month of january started. i'm there going okay whoa. whoa and every time like just like i would be so convicted and like it would mm. just like pour over me and mm. like i would feel god like being like you like I'm talking to you right now, mm-hmm. you know, and wow. like, I'm, you know, I'm like Jonah. I'm like, no, 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 you're not. And I would like run away. Mm-hmm. And, but like, there's only, you know, so long, I think that any person can like run away from what, you know, God, right. Like yeah. God's going to be like, no. Right. Cause he, I need us, to have a, yeah. He wants you whole. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it just, I think, it, it got to this point where, well, like you and your podcast <laughs> and you're like, hey, you're going to be on my podcast. I'm like, well, no, what are we going to talk about? You know, and I know like that I can't story. not like. So, yeah. And I didn't know. No. Uh-uh. All of your story. I just knew basically my from 2020, 2020 story, <laughs> my PG story. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'll just keep it really PG. And God's like, no, you won't. And I just I felt, you know. And I, I've prayed about it for so long. And God's like, yeah, you know exactly what, like, I want you to do, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think for me, this is submission. Yeah. And obedience. Yes. Yep. You know? Yeah. And trust. Yeah. So. Well, I think what you're going to find is that the people in your world who know you and love you, it's just going to be a bigger part of you to love. Yeah. More of yeah. you to love. Yeah. And more and more glory to God when they see, wow, like I thought you were awesome and I didn't even know all that. Yeah. And now I'm like, 
my friend Tracy was in a gang. <laughs> well, was I wasn't like juvie. officially in a gang. Still. But I was I've pretty close. I've never even. <laughs> I was really close. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just, yeah. yeah. That's pretty hard. Oh, I was bad. I was so bad, Sandy. Pretty intense. I and know. I'm just so thankful that God preserved your life, watched over you. Yeah. Even though I'm sure sometimes you didn't, well, you probably didn't feel it at all. Yeah, but I look back, you know, like, I think, like, when we first started, you said something about, you know, me being so, I, I don't even remember what you said, but, like, I think oftentimes I look back at my life and I see God's hand over, like, everything, mm -hmm. you know, like, mm -hmm. literally every moment and mm -hmm. everything is yeah. just so clear to me, yeah. like, where yeah. God's hand has been over yeah. my life that I can't not just be anything but completely in love and grateful well know? the bible tells us that we know we're his children when he disciplines us yeah and yeah. i so the times that we're like caught like when you went to juvie <laughs> and you might have felt like oh the hand of god has come down on me yeah it's like no that's his love yeah it's like that's his saving my life discipline yeah. to say like tracy i love you too much to let yeah satan just drag your life yeah straight into hell yeah and so he's like i'm gonna help you yeah you know, and I think a lot of times we look at that, those hard times of like punishment as um, bad things, but really it's the goodness of God. Yeah. Because he wants to create something beautiful out of your life. Yeah. Something so beautiful in your whole family. And it's yeah, so, so awesome blessed. to have a front row seat to just see <laughs> eating the popcorn. Looking at yeah. your life like God's so good. I know. You know, like, what's he going to do next? Yeah. <laughs> what's around the corner? Yeah. What does 2030 have in store? Oh. I don't know if, if we're still here. Yeah. If we're still here, we'll sit down and we'll do another podcast. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Talk about, yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Tracy. Is there anything that's like burning in your heart? You're like, I wanted to say this one thing. It's okay if there's not, but hmm. you have the floor. Burning in my heart. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty extreme statement, but. Yeah, no, I don't, I mean, I don't know what, if there's anything burning in my heart. I think, again, I go back to, um, you know, I think for me, when, when I see people who are like on the other side, if yeah. you will, you know, I, I think a lot of times I try to remind myself that like I was there, That's good. you know, and That's that, good. that I was deceived mm -hmm. and that, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I think remembering where I've been That's so good. is, is so important, mm -hmm. you know, when we yeah. deal with other people who are just yeah. not there yet, yeah. you know, yep. um, gives us grace and compassion for them. Yeah. You know, so we don't just come at them like, oh, your your life's a mess. You're doing everything wrong. Right, yeah. But like, how can I how can I be here for you? Yeah. You know, like, how can I love you? How yeah. can I pray for you? How can I support you? I think it's that. It's the kindness of God that draws us to himself. Yeah. Right? And it's the kindness of God through us that draws others to himself, too. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think that's so important, you know. Um, I think I, as a non-believer, used you know, bad Christians in my eyes, right? As yeah. like an excuse for yeah. so long. Mm. Why I didn't want to be a part of that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, you can always find bad examples. Yeah. 
you know, of Christianity. You know, and we're like already dealing with like, you know, our own whatever junk is going on, you know, so we'll grasp at any excuse to like, you know, run away from it all. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm excited for you because I feel like this is just the beginning of Mm -hmm. God's using you and going to use your story to really just bring healing, freedom and salvation to everyone. Mm, So let's just close in a word of prayer. Sounds good. God, we just come together in agreement with our hearts and we're just so thankful. God, we're so thankful for your compassion, for your grace that you've poured out upon us. God, I thank you for Tracy's life. I thank you for Richard and for Robbie and the way that you have watched over them. Lord, the way that you have drawn them to yourself. God, I thank you that you're still writing their story and it's a good story. And God, I just pray that you would take the the painful places of mm-hmm. Tracy's life, God, the, the disappointments and, and even the mistakes that she's made, God, and use them um, for glory, for good, Lord Jesus, for her glory, God, and for your glory, Lord Jesus, that you would be glorified through her life, Lord Jesus. I know that's the desire of every every Christian, that, um, that you would take our mistakes and mm-hmm. the difficult seasons of our lives, God, and that you'd use them. Yes to bring glory to yourself, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you that that's who you are, God. And I just pray for every person that is listening today to this podcast, God, that's hearing her story and maybe resonating and um, relating to some part of it. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to them, that you would draw near to them, that you would heal the broken areas of their life. Mm -hmm. Lord, just like Tracy, one day in her house, just got Mm -hmm. down on her knees and gave her life to you, God, that they would do that wherever they're at, that they would just say, God, help. God, I give you my life. And Lord, we just um, we thank you and we praise you for all that you're doing, yes. all that you will do. God, and we just commit yes. this podcast to you and mm. all of our listeners to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast and liking, subscribing, following, sharing. It's all about the good news um, of Jesus Christ and bringing glory to him. And, and maybe you're thinking of somebody who could really hear this, would benefit from hearing this message. So maybe you're meant to share that with them. And I'll just pray God's blessing on you and we'll mm. see you next time.